Hey guys, welcome back to Kindle. I'm your host, Haley Williams, and today we are talking with September McCarthy, all about the glories of motherhood. September is a mom of 10, yes, 10 kids, and so she has a lot of wisdom to share. But before we get to that, I want to let you know that this episode is brought to you by our friends at GeoBit. Well, we are only two weeks from the beginning of the Christianity and Culture fall series, which is going to carry us through the rest of the year. So I've been counting it down for a few weeks now because I'm so excited about what we have coming up. Today's episode with September is the second to last in this family series. Next week will be a conversation with Glenna Marshall on Everyday Faithfulness. And yeah, then we're going to jump right into the rest of the year. And uh, we're going to be looking at a number of topics and examining them from both a biblical Christian worldview and a secular worldview. Just a few of them are God and man, the law, sin and brokenness, truth, apologetics, politics, parenting and family, sexuality and gender, belonging and friendship, suffering and trials, evangelism, justice. Well, okay, I kind of just gave you like the whole the whole season, but <laughs> there might be a couple more in there. I'm super excited about it. It's going to be incredible. So keep listening and be excited for that starting September 7th. September, thank you so much for joining me today. Oh, yes. I'm so happy to be here. This is so great. You are one of those people that is just like in such a unique position and my audience is about to find out why. Can you tell us about your family and what that looks like? Yeah, I am in a unique position because, um, you know, we have 10 children and my oldest is 28 and my youngest is eight and I have eight grandchildren. So I've always been, or at least in the last 10 years, I've been in a position of generational motherhood. So Mm -hmm. I have adult kids and teens and college age and elementary students, and then still have little ones and babies. And so to me, it's exhausting. I mean, I'm going to be real about that, but Mm -hmm. it's also gives me, I feel like God has really given me an amazing, unique position to remember all these stages at once. So I never forget the pulse of motherhood that beats through us, you know, when we're having hard times or to encourage other moms. And that's, you know, why I'm here today. So I've been married to my husband 30 years and we live in like a rural area and we built our homes. So he's a builder. And so our life is always, I say, defined by building something, whether it's a family or our home. Mm -hmm. And so that's a little bit about, you know, my family. And then I'm an author and a speaker and I have a little shop online that I began. And then I also have a podcast. So if I were to kind of sum up my entire life, I would say my family really is my number one priority. Yeah, of course. That's just awesome. I really love that you have this perspective. And that's one of the reasons I really wanted to chat with you is you are kind of spanning motherhood through all the seasons. And that's so unique because a lot of us are, I mean, most, most moms are, you know, really heavily in one season at a time. And then as soon as you leave that season, you kind of forget about it. And it's, it's sort of like childbirth, you know, it's almost as if it didn't happen. You're like, you forget so much about the worst of it. You just remember the highlights, you know, and then you can, you feel disconnected Yeah, from the people who are in that season. The further you get away, the less you're able to identify and speak to those people in you know a lot of times and that's where we get into some of the frustrations i think between generations of mothers when 
you have moms with grown children who are like, uh, you know, standing in Target and in the aisle (laughs) or at checkout going, oh, just enjoy these little years. Oh, the time just flies. And, you know, the mom with like the kids crawling out of the cart and grabbing the chocolate bars is like, okay, sure. (laughs) (laughs) Right. (laughs) Yes. And I think that's just so hard to relate and be like, but you just don't remember. You don't remember how hard it is. You're you're looking at it with rose-colored glasses or something like that. But then from the other perspective, you've got the older mom who's like, but the truth is like, it really is going to fly by and you know, she's right. And so you're like, how do I reconcile the fact that I'm in this really, really difficult place and I do need something better than just, oh, the years fly by, but also Mm -hmm. that's true. So like, that's the challenge I feel. It is. Yeah, it really is a challenge. And I feel like there's not really a 100% answer for all of us because it is going to fly by and it is hard to get through. I think it's just more of a, you know, a perspective shift in each of these seasons that we have to, you know, remember those days and be compassionate and considerate and encouraging as the older generation. And then also as the younger generation to really work on some specific things and things that I've walked through and I've had to do and I still have to do to keep myself motivated and encouraged and to remember that God has a purpose in giving me these kids. They're my kids. He gave them to me. He picked me to be their mom. And um, what am I going to do with it? And how am I going to get through this? And how can I enjoy it? That's a big thing right there, right? Like not to be become begrudging or not to become so discouraged that we feel so alone, which are real things that we feel as moms in those seasons. So Mm -hmm. I think one of the things that happens with the generations and and moms, and I think anyone listening can probably attest to this from wherever, whatever perspective or season they are in. It's that, you know, I think the younger generation tends to not ask the moms that have gone before them for help because mm-hmm. of a few things. One, they think, well, you know, those moms, they're probably going to judge me. Like, I'm not doing things the way that they did. I'm going to use Passfire and I'm going to co sleep mm-hmm. and I'm going to, or I'm going to do whatever, you know, and they're probably going to judge me. And I really don't want that. So I'm not going to ask. Or they just don't ask because they think that they don't care or won't understand. And then you think of the moms who have already raised their kids and they maybe some of them want to help. And they yeah. think, well, they really don't want to hear what I have to say. Mm-hmm. And, and so there's this, you know, division. So we're all kind of alone. And I'm really passionate about that, you know, because I think I have kids in every span. Like I think, how can I encourage my adult kids who have kids and check in with them and be helpful to them without being invasive or judgmental. And how can I also parent my younger kids and who can come along and and help me and encourage me? Yeah. And what can I do to make this a better day for all of us? So it is truly something that I don't think it's talked about a lot, but I think it's worthy. It's a worthy discussion. Yeah, it totally is. And I think you, yeah, you hit the nail on the head with the fears on both sides of reaching out. And this is another topic that we're not going to get into today, but it's a similar situation with the topic of mentorship, you know, amongst older and younger women. It's the the very same thing I've, I've heard my friends express and older women express. I just don't know if anybody would care if I have to, what, what I have to say. And then you hear young women saying, I just don't know if she wants to connect with me or if that's a waste of her time or if she thinks that's valuable or want, you know, I don't want to be a burden. And I'm blessed enough to have a mentor who I, I know the answers to those questions. And she does love pouring into my life. And I do want her advice and her input in my life. And so that's great. But I know that a lot of people feel very isolated in that as well. Yeah. And it's, it's for all the same reasons you mentioned. 
Right. Yeah. And that's a great thing about podcasts, like your podcast, Haley. It's mm-hmm. just, this is like a supplement that moms can tune in and say, okay, these are good things. I can try these things, you know, and not feeling so alone in it. So right. I always, I always love to hear that women are sharing and listening to podcasts because they can help someone else in just that way. Yes, exactly. Yep. Helping, you know, you're not, you're not the only one and yeah. normalizing it a little bit. Yeah. So something you said a second ago, I wanted to dive a little deeper into, you mentioned the purpose, like what is the purpose of motherhood? And that is, I think, you know, you, you really say this actually in, you mentioned you're an author and you did write a book called why motherhood matters. And I am just at the beginning of it. But one, one thing that really stood out to me was you say, this is what it all boils down to. Motherhood may disappoint you if you are unsure of your purpose. And I think that is like, that could not be overstated. Can you kind of dive in a little bit more into what you are talking about there? Yeah. I think out of my entire book, that's my quote. Like that's my life quote because, you know, it's just like with anything in life, whether it's an exercise program or eating well or something like we lose perspective, we lose sight and it gets discouraging. It gets, so when it comes to motherhood, which is an even bigger thing, like it's something we're all doing right now. I think it's so invaluable to be reminded of our purpose. So I feel like sometimes in today's culture, we, especially on social media, we see pictures of cute clothes or cute, this cute, that, or motherhood and try this. So we have our, you know, we, we start our families and we have a child and it's all, exciting, the novelty, the idea. And then we have these babies or these toddlers and, you know, the novelty kind of does wear off like Mm -hmm. the cute clothes and the cute pictures and, you know, the sleep deprivation sets in and the long days. And I think it's not that we don't love our children, of course, it's just everything that we thought motherhood would be, it's kind of debunked after a while. Mm -hmm. Like we think, okay, there must be more or things start coming out of our mouth that are in our thoughts. Of course, things like, I I just can't do this, or I don't know what I was thinking motherhood was. Mm -hmm. And I spoke at a mops group one time and I was speaking and there's a mom in the front row and she raised her hand and she said, Hey, September, can you talk about She said, I have one child. She said, I'm in this group, which is a mops group or a mom's group. Mm -hmm. She said, and I hear a lot of talk from other moms who have more than one child. They're like, this is so rough. I would never do this again. And all they do, there's just a lot of, you know, negativity or she said, it's hard to hear the positive. And I'm beginning to wonder why I would even have another baby when all I hear around me is this hard. It's hard. It's hard. You know, I'm discouraged. I'm alone. Mm -hmm. You know, I don't get any sleep. She said, all I ever hear is the stuff. She goes, why would I have another baby? And I just sat there looking at her. I thought we've done a disservice to motherhood, you know, Mm -hmm. like, because we've forgotten our purpose. So I had a really real back, and this is when I was writing my book, and I thought, you know, we have forgotten the purpose of our motherhood. And that's like with anything we do. Like if we forget our long-term vision, if we forget the reason why we have these children, then we will forget our day-to-day purpose. And so for me, and I think for any mom, it's important to just kind of sit down often and remember, what is your purpose? Is your purpose just to raise them and get them out of the house? Or is it your purpose to raise children growing into responsible, strong, Mm -hmm. character-filled, God- 
God-fearing, God-loving adults. And that, and, and, you know, I talk to moms about this and they think that that's so far off. Like I, I can barely think about my child being an adult when they're a newborn, mm-hmm. but you have to have the goal. You have to have the purpose before you so that what you're doing every day matches that, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, you know, when I wake up and my child is arguing with her sibling or they're, um, you know, telling me no, I think, okay, this is not personal against me. It's not, you know, and that's a huge thing. My purpose is to raise them with some respect. So I'm going to kind of pull my purpose back to this one moment and I'm going to remember how can I do this to raise them to be this God loving, character filled, strong, adult, responsible Mm -hmm. adult. And I think when we know our purpose, it defines our days, which define our moments, which encourages Mm -hmm. us. It's just like with any long-term plan, we have to remember that. Yeah. Yeah. I break it down into the smaller pieces. Cause yeah, that, that big picture is like, but I'm, they're not an adult. They're two and they're on the ground throwing (laughs) a tantrum. So help me with that, you know? And it's, yeah, yeah, I think that's, that's really key. That perspective. Yeah. Yep. And I think what you said earlier about You've got mothers, and I think maybe this was in in your the mobs group. Um, you were talking about uh, well, as you walked through, you start out with a baby, you get to toddler years, it starts to get really hard and maybe even grueling. And you're like, I I guess I thought, you know, I don't know what I thought. I mean, of course, <laughs> yes, I love I love my child. I wouldn't trade them for the world, but man, like it just is really hard. And I think that is like maybe where we realize the, you know, some of our expectations have been off and it's kind of yes. like you, you hear moms say, I remember even as a first time and even a second time mom saying, well, once they fill in the blank, then, <laughs> you know, there it's, it's this, if then statement sort of, of once I get to this point, then it will be good or then it will be easier. And, you know, of course, when they're a newborn and they're not sleeping yeah. at night, it's okay. Well, once she sleeps through the night, then I'll be happy. Then it'll be easier. Then I'll be able to enjoy them. Okay. And yeah. that happens. And then and we all know <laughs> that happens. And then another problem crops up. Oh, but Yes. Now they need me too much. And, you know, I don't really want to be needed this much. And so once they stop needing me or once they can take a bottle, then I'll be happier and then everything will be fine. Oh, but then they do that. And now whatever the next problem is, oh, but now my mother-in-law is a problem. Okay. Well now there's this and whatever (laughs) it may be, you just fill in the blank. There's going to, there's always going to be some Mm -hmm. sort of an issue that we face in our motherhood and that's by design. There's not, you know, it's it's actually a character building thing, (laughs) but I think there's this false belief going around and it's probably always been there that there is some way to kind of like bypass the difficulty or that the difficulty means something's wrong. And that's what's, that's what I think is actually totally a lie and, and really a lie of the devil that if you were doing this right, or if you had a better kid, or if you were better at discipline, mm-hmm. it wouldn't be hard. Right. And there, it's like, why do we believe that? Because it's crazy even to, to verbalize that. It's like, well, of course it's supposed to be hard. Raising kids is hard. Yeah. And a lot of times I've certainly lived many days of my life just looking for easy. And when I yeah. can't find it, that's when I have the semi-mental breakdown or the episode of, you know, crying to my husband or whatever it may be. That's when I kind of feel like I'm losing my grip is when I actually like easy doesn't really exist. There is, I mean, there's moments of easy, there's 
days that are easier than others. Certainly, you know, some there's times where you're like, this is just purely fun. This is great. But we all know that that's not every single day. And it's also intermixed with a lot of really hard. So yes. Why do you think we believe, I mean, sin, but what, what do you think that lie is just so pervasive in, in moms? Well, I think we want things to be glamorous, right? Mm-hmm. You know, I think that it's easy to want easy and, and we can't always have that, but I think this is pervasive because it's one of those things we want to continue to have our own life. You know, like, I think that's part of this is that we lose, we feel like we're losing part of us. That's why it's hard. It's hard because it's taking more time, taking more, you know, less sleep, Mm -hmm. it's taking all of our patience, all of our perseverance, all of our strength, all of our mental fortitude. And I think sometimes as moms and as women, we view exhaustion or, oh, you know, even like a quote unquote mental breakdown in a day mm-hmm. or feeling guilty about something as something really bad. Yeah. And I talk about this in my book and I feel like this is where right here, even if it wasn't applying to our children, we need to realize that this is where our need to rely on Christ, you know, and his strength comes in. Like this is a good thing. We to view our yeah. weakness and it's it's not a bad thing. I think sometimes our frustrating points stay frustrating instead of turning into something that can change us. It can grow us. And I'm not trying to over-spiritualize exhaustion. You know, my daughter just had a baby three weeks ago and I'm watching it and I'm helping her and we're working through it and I see it and she cries and I cry and I hold her and you know, it's real. But she says, it is only by the grace of God that you can get through these moments, mom. And I said, that's exactly what it is. It's not, you know, I can come over and hold your baby and you could take a two hour nap, but tomorrow you're going to feel the same exhaustion. Um, So I feel like sometimes this is where the glory of motherhood is shown is where we're real and we're saying, yeah, I had a mental breakdown today, Mm -hmm. but God showed me. And so there's practical things to do in those, those moments. Of course, it's not just like, well, I gave it to God, God made me better. You know, there's practical things, but I, I believe that motherhood is sanctifying. And when I say that, I really believe it. I also believe that if you've been given a child, like sometimes you have to remind yourself that the best thing you can do for you and your children every day, even if you do nothing else is to just love them well. You know, I think that's where some of the the difficulties and the stressors and everything is we just add so much to our lives that the motherhood part and having children part is overwhelming. It's really, if we, if we really take a step back and you think about maybe yesterday you had a bad day, which I did, I got to the end of our homeschool day and I FaceTimed my husband and I just could see myself in my camera and my hand was in my hair. And I'm just like, I can't do this. is so hard. It's been such a rough day. And he's like, listen, it's good. I'm glad you called me. Let's talk about it. Maybe you should go for a drive. Like, I mean, those are real things. And so I did, Mm -hmm. I took a drive to the Lord. I mm-hmm. rolled down the window. I went for a walk and it's a perspective shift, but yeah. I was thinking through the day and I thought, what really made today hard? Was it that I added in a few projects on top of trying to love mm-hmm. my kids? Mm-hmm. Was it that I was, you know, meeting other people's expectations? Like what is really making this hard? Is it me and my kids or is it all the extra stuff? So sometimes I think it's good for us to step back and say, is it really having kids that's really, really difficult and overwhelming, which yes, it is. But I always like to go by the good, better, best principle. Sometimes we just have to take what's good instead of what's best. Mm -hmm. So yeah, that's such a great point. 
we've all been through a time uh, or situation, you know, hundreds of situations just like that one where, yeah, you're like, what is, what is it that is, that feels so hard? Because sometimes I feel that cloud come over me and it's like, you know, it's the cloud of just uh, maybe unmet expectations or disappointment. And, and I can't even really name what's wrong and maybe nothing is really wrong. It's just hard. And it's just, you, maybe you're isolated. Maybe you feel like you don't really want to talk to, or like your reality doesn't meet the vision in your mind of what you wanted today to be. And, and it's all of the things, you know, adding up, but I totally agree with you and think that that is the hope we have in those moments is that yes, like that lack and that inability that you feel is not a bad thing. It's actually the thing that God can use to drive you to himself and to then be for you what he alone can be for you. Now, if you walked through every day of motherhood and felt like the mom of the year, like where would God be needed in that equation? Yes, right. Yeah. You know, as a veteran mom, I've been a mom for 28 years. I can attest to this number one thing. Like if any mom hears this, I want them to hear we should want our kids to see our need for Jesus. Otherwise, he's just a something we talk about. Like, I yeah. want them to see my need. And there are so many times, every single day, all day long, I'll just put up my hand and say, listen, you cannot, you need to stop talking. This is not a good moment. I'm going to go spend some time with Jesus. And when I come back, I hope I'm going <laughs> to transform. And I'll just say it. Like, I'll just put words to it because I want my kids to know the only change that they're going to see in me is because of what? I have in him, you know, so that's something that I've been really careful from the time my kids were little to really verbalize. I want them to know this is not something I can handle. Like this is hard. Yeah. That's so great. I love that example. I mean, just actually telling them I need to go spend time with Jesus because I can't do this right now. (laughs) You know, I mean, because they, because ultimately they see that even if we don't admit it, they see and they feel it. Kids are very smart. I mean, if anyone thinks you're tricking your kids into thinking you've got it, like they know you don't got it a lot of the time. (laughs) Right. And my five and a half, almost six-year-old is really intuitive and really sensing. And like, she just knows when, she knows when to be quiet. You know, if she can tell I'm getting stressed out or whatever, or okay. step in and kind of help the the younger sister or whatever. But like this kind of a similar situation happened around Easter. And of course we were, you know, at home on Easter watching church. And I think we read the Jesus storybook Bible, the story of the resurrection that morning before the service started. And it was like, you know, just, I think it was the part where the the stone was rolled back and they were at the tomb, seeing that it was empty and Jesus had done what he came to do. And I just started crying as I was reading the book. And my daughter looked at me like with the most intrigued, like curious mm-hmm. eyes of like, wow, like why is she crying? You know? And and she knew why, but just, she wanted yeah. to see, she wanted to experience it through me because she was so, she could see that it actually mattered to me. It wasn't just a story. She could see that I was impacted by it. And Mm -hmm. that I was like, wow, like I am just so grateful that Jesus did what he came to do. And it was like, it was, you could sense that there was this magnetic force kind of pulling her into the same reality because I was experiencing it. And so I just was like reminded that we need to let our kids see us in that vulnerable place, which is 
where we're always really at, but we try and put on this armor and this self-defense and this protection. And I'm not talking about the biblical sense of armor. I'm talking about, you know, we always have an answer. We always have a solution. We're always just moving on to the next thing. Okay. Here's your next craft. Here's your next activity. I've got this. I'm rolling. And sometimes (laughs) it's okay to let your kids see, and it's actually best to let them see that you do need Jesus and that you need his help and that, you know, you are just as in need as they are. And I think that's how they can often even just grow in maturity because they see that like, we need him just like a little child and that they, and when I say maturity, I mean spiritually, because then they see, oh, if my mom is needy and I'm needy, like there's actually nothing that says I can't go to Jesus too, you know? And so I think that's really beautiful. Hey, thank you so much for listening to this conversation with September McCarthy. I want to let you know who is making it possible. This episode is brought to you by our friends at GeoBit. Last week, I shared in my first Firestarters episode about how uncertain my uh, daughter's, you know, start to the school year has been just with wearing masks and all the craziness that, you know, all of us are experiencing. In spite of all that uncertainty, I know one thing for sure. We all want to keep our kids safe. GeoBit is the smallest, long-lasting, kid-proof, and school-friendly location tracker. You can actually create geofenced, trusted places, get notifications of your child's whereabouts, and get alerts when they wander too far, all in real time. GeoBit brings you all the advanced tracking technology of a cell phone inside a durable device smaller than a cookie. We all want to be worrying about one less thing, and GeoBit makes it easy to know where your kids are at all times. And frankly, with multiple kids, that is no small feat. Use the code TRACK2SCHOOL to get $15 off your tracker. All you need to do is text TRACKER, T-R-A-C-K-E-R, to 474747 and get the link. That's TRACK2SCHOOL, in one word, for $15 off. Simply text TRACKER to 474747. Okay, back to my conversation with September McCarthy. Yeah. Yeah. That's the one thing I talk about in my book is if there someone asked me, September, if you could go back, what is one thing that you would change? Even though I'm still doing this, you know, I still have little kids, which I have now changed <sighs> is to let my kids see my weaknesses. And so I'll tell you, there are moments like, you know, cause my youngest is eight. And so, and I homeschool, so I'm with my kids all day long. And sometimes my grandkids come over. So we have a house full of babies and toddlers and messes and lunch and I'm sweeping the floor, you know, and they leave and I'm exhausted. And then I'm trying to parent my own kids. And I think there's been so many moments now in my youngest three kids, four kids, they've seen, they've seen such a real side of me with this need. And it practically looks like, you know, we'll, we'll be in the middle. There'll be a conflict in our home between maybe like the eight and 11 year old. And I'll say, okay, guys, we're going to, we're just going to stop. We're just, everyone just stop and sit down right now where you are. Everyone take a breath. Mm-hmm. This isn't okay. We've gotten to a point of stress on our day. Like I literally, instead of just moving on to the next thing or glossing over it. And sometimes I'll say, I'm going to go to my room. I'll come out. Like they can see I've been crying. And they'll say, mom, what's wrong? I'll say, it's not okay. Like I, I am a person too. And I'm feeling the weight of your arguments. Like it's hard to move on as a family. It's disruptive. And I just put words. And my older kids, mm-hmm. they never saw me as a real person. And I think if there's a mom listening, you know, it's not okay for you 
to pretend that you have it all together for your kids. Mm -hmm. They need to see that you have needs, that you're a real person. Like you have hormones going on. You don't have to say, listen, I've got hormones going on, but you know, like to really just kind of back step, step back and say, okay, I I was a person before I had kids Mm because this is where moms get lost. I think they're like, well, I feel like I've lost myself, my identity. I don't know who I am, what I'm doing anymore. Mm -hmm. You're still the same person with the same purpose, just a bigger purpose now. And your life has purpose also. So I'm very, very careful with the, the younger four kids that I have now to say, listen, I have just the same needs that you do. I have free time. I need to have some free time. I need to have some. So I've implemented all of the things that my kids need and that I need into a day. So if I know, know that they need some you know, free time, that'll be my rest time and I'll make it work. So I'm just encouraging moms, you know, instead of getting mm-hmm. to the point where everything is so negative and so hard, which it, it can happen to kind of recognize what you need and what stressors you have and to practically implement some things to avoid getting to those points. So Yes. And one of those things is verbalizing to your family. Listen, I, I need to leave the house. I've been here for days. I haven't even showered. I'm going to go take a shower and you are to sit here, read your book. I'm going to set a timer, whatever it is for your family, whatever it is for you, make it work. Don't just keep moving. Cause I did that. I moved and I covered it up and I kept going and I try to be the brave one, the healer, the fixer, the mender, the counselor, you know, for years and years and I crashed. And so I see this in other moms and I'm like, listen, you need to step back, you know, and just Mm -hmm. take some time and to identify what's getting you to those points of actually despising your motherhood or just saying, listen, this is just too much. So yeah, I think when we do that, we, we see our kids in a whole new life. You're like, you know, like when you go to the grocery store and you're gone for two hours and you come back and your kids are like the most precious things on earth. <laughs> right. <laughs> like what happened in those 2 hours? So imagine if you did that every day, you know, something. Mhm. Yeah. Yeah, that's so great. And I think it, this also is reminding me of of another funny reality of motherhood. And that's the whole, you know, as soon as your kids go to bed, you miss them and you you spend your free time <laughs> looking at photos of them that you took on your phone. You know, right. why is it? Like why is it that we could be with them in person all day and be like I just need some space from you and then you get yeah. the space and you're like, "Oh, I just love them so much. Oh, let's yes. have more." Yes. And that is the same thing. It's like we because we do need a break. We're humans because we actually do need some space. We do need time. Right. Every mom listening knows that that's a reality and whether you get it or not is one thing, but like you know that it's it's healthy for you and it's good to have space for your kids and we don't always get the time that we want. It each season of motherhood or each stage. And certainly during quarantine, you're not getting as much as you were before. Yeah. A lot of women. And so, yeah, I think that's a great point. Just remember like, because you are a human and you're never called to stop being a human because you were called to be a mother. Yes. Right. Yeah. And I lost, and I did, I lost sight of that. And I always thought that I needed to be the hero to my kids. Like I needed to be the entertainer and the fixer. And I, you know, like, it, that's not our job. Yeah. And, but kids put that on you and they don't know not to. And so then we, yes, think, right. Oh, okay. You've given me my role. Let me go ahead and do that as best as I can for you. Yes. And I certainly fall prey to that sometimes. And, you yeah. know, and I, I think it's, it, there's a fine line there. Cause I, my oldest is one that is very driven by the next thing, the next thing, what's the next thing. And so even yeah. at bedtime, she'll say, mom, do you have a fun art project for us tomorrow? And that's her, that's what she wants to look forward to as she's going to sleep because it gives her, you know, 
some peace right. and that she'll wake up to something fun and new and there's always yeah. something new. And, and it's like, sometimes the answer is yes, I actually do yeah. have something. And then other times it's like, no, I don't have a new art project for you yet. Right. Like, I haven't even thought about tomorrow. I'm just trying to make it <laughs> to the end of today. And so yes. it's, I think it's like, it's fine to see that her, see that and, and it's an affinity of hers. It's fine for me to get creative and, and have something sometimes, but it's also fine to come up with nothing sometimes and say, no, yeah. I, I don't. And it's okay for you to be like disappointed in that. You know what I mean? It's okay for yes, me to let you right. down a little and not always be your yeah. fulfillment of everything your heart desires, because that leaves space for God. Like yes, for me, exactly. To allow God to come in and go, Hey, you know, it's okay if that excitement isn't always met in the same way. And sometimes it's going to not, it, it isn't going to be, and that's just the reality of life. And if I right. insulate her from that forever, I just don't even want to know what kind of, you know, 18 year old she would be. Uh, that would right. be a scary right. place to be, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I talk about that a lot. You know how, you know, when our kids, when we allow or tolerate like whining or interrupting, I always encourage moms, think about your three and four year old acting like this. And then if you don't address it, then this will be 18 year olds whine. It just looks a lot different. And so, you know, it's really good to keep that vision and purpose before us because sometimes it's just easier to tolerate things. And, you know, I just want to add I want to, you know, I had this conversation with my daughter this week. She's like, man, mom, all I feel like, cause she has this newborn. She said, I feel like all I do is change diapers, nurse and put her to sleep. And then I grab a bite to eat. Sometimes I don't. And then, that, then it's time for her to eat again. And I yeah. said to her, I said, yeah, honey. I said, it's a lot to keep a human alive. I said, that's your job right now. <laughs> and she's yeah. like, well, how do I have time for anything else? I said, it's a season. And you know, I felt like that older mom that was like, just enjoy it. But I didn't yeah. say that. I said, I said, well, you know, maybe when she, and I tried to give her some practical things because it is, it's a lot. And so yeah. I think as moms, we need to remember, we really are doing this big thing. It is mm -hmm. a big thing. And to not minimize it in our minds, like, why can't I do this like other moms? Like, how come they seem like they have it all together and mm -hmm. I'm struggling over here? Um, so, yeah, it, it's true. It is just a season, but you are doing that bigger thing. And you mentioned that earlier, but just to, just to reiterate for the woman listening, who's like, but remind me, what is it that I'm doing? What yeah. is like, when you ask, when you're talking to your daughter about that, like, what is the thing that you say like the bigger purpose is? What how do you how do you answer that for for someone who's in that spot? Well, I just want to back up a little because when my husband and I got married, we had uh, numerous pregnancy losses, um, full term, some twins, miscarriages, and um, it was a long journey. And the number one thing that I well, I learned a lot from that time. You know, grief is hard, but I. One thing I remember very specifically, and I write about this in my book is, so we had no children at this point. So I think we were maybe four years into our marriage, we had no children and then maybe three. So I, I remember thinking at one moment when I was at the cemetery for the burial of my daughter and my arms were empty and I was just basically barely holding on to life. Like at this point, the grief was so heavy. And I remember thinking, why am I why am I grieving something I don't, I, I, I've never experienced, you know, when you like, and I, and you know, you have something and you love it and then you can't have it. You're like, Oh, I missed that. But I had never had a baby. So I was grieving so hard and, and uh, I wanted my baby, which is motherhood. And I remember thinking like, God just brought this thought to me that 
this is because I've created motherhood for you. Like motherhood is something that's precious and it has a purpose and it's to be desired even when you don't have it. And I was thinking how amazing it was that I was missing and craving something. I didn't even, I've never experienced, like I didn't even know what it was. And so I thought in there, this must be something very important to God. Like this must be something he has created in us as women. And that's why I think why we grieve like loss and miscarriages. And it's such a hard thing because it's something God's given to us. It's a gift. And that's the purpose. This is the why. And I feel like that was a gift to me to remember that. Like, I'll never forget it. And when my first baby boy, we brought him home every night, even those sleepless nights were amazing to me. Like I didn't care. Sure. Not having sleep was very, very difficult, but I remember thinking this is a gift. Like, and I will never, ever forget that. Um, so let's start there, you know, like motherhood is a gift and it's something God has given to us. Like, and I knew that in that moment because I, I didn't and could not have it. Mm -hmm. So, and I, and I believe moms who don't have children are mothers, you know, they mother, they mentor other people. They have a mother's heart. So, you know, I, I don't want to be insensitive to that. I always was very sensitive Mm -hmm. to thinking, you know, if I never did have our children, then what do I do with this feeling? And I have women that speak into my kids' lives that don't have their own kids and they are so valuable to me. So yeah. Yes. Spiritual Um, motherhood is, is another way that God allows us to experience that. Yeah. So anyways, I just, you know, I said the purpose of motherhood. And for me, I realized, you know, God's given me these kids and I want to do the very best, but I have to do the very best with what I have. And so if I don't have the right tools and I don't have the right hope and strength and I don't have Jesus and I don't have, I'm not searching and trying to learn, then I'm not going to be able to fulfill this purpose. So I'm constantly trying to find other women to speak into my life. And that purpose of raising strong, like I've said earlier, strong, responsible, loving, character-filled kingdom changers. Like that's, that's my purpose, my goal. Some people may say, I just want to raise a successful dancer or singer, but there's more, there's more to having children than Mm -hmm. what we can see in the outside. Side. So I think we need to dig deep as, as women and think, what is this purpose? And, and search the scriptures and, and ask yourself, have a talk with your husband or your friends and say, you know, what do you feel like you're doing with, with your kids? Like, what do you think is going to happen? And why are we doing this? And really search it out. Like for me, you know, I found that answer through loss. Mm-hmm. For other people, it may be a really low, hard time as a mom. Yeah, man, that's all so good and so encouraging to hear. Thank you guys so much for listening. I want to remind you, if you have a small business and you would like to try out advertising on Kindled, you can find more information and get pricing by emailing me at Haley, H-A-L-E-Y at kindledpodcast.com and just ask for my media kit and let me know what your business is. And I would love to find out if this would be a good fit for your business and for my audience to let them know about your product or service. So then in light of that purpose of raising a strong, you know, kingdom oriented child that actually knows and loves Jesus and has a relationship with the Lord. How do we embrace motherhood today where we are and not miss the little moments that we find ourselves sometimes stuck in? Yeah. Well, you know, I like to see every day as an opportunity. And I think any mom would say, 
how exciting it is to see when your kids learn something, you know, whether it's riding a bike, we see, we see Instagram stories or videos of kids riding their bikes or reading, you know, all those firsts, Mm -hmm. why are those such a big deal to us? Because we're their moms. We love them. We want them to succeed. And so to me, I'm in this point now, like I told my daughter, she has this newborn. I said, just every day that she opens her eyes longer is just another milestone. You know, like she's awake, she's awake longer. She smiled, her first smile, her first word. All those things are really a big deal because we know they're leading to something bigger. We want our kids to succeed. So when I wake up in the morning, I always remind myself, like, I'm going to embrace this day with whatever it brings me because I know that it's another day for my kids to grow, whether it's spiritually, physically, mentally, academically. And I don't try to do it all in one day. Some days I'm just like, we're going to, we're just going to be together. We're going to do some fun stuff. And tomorrow, you know, we have to do some heavier schoolwork and we're going to, but you can't try to grow a child in a day. You know what I mean? So I try to embrace the small moments, whether it's going for a walk and holding my daughter's hand. And I think in my mind, if this was all that we had today, this is enough. You know what I mean? And people are like, well, that sounds simple. Like, don't you want more for your kids? But it really, all the things you're communicating to your child in those moments and that you're receiving as well are bigger than you can ever imagine. And those are the things that our kids remember. You know, they don't remember. Your kids are not going to go up and remember the things that you're putting probably the most time into. (laughs) Yeah. And the things like you said earlier that are actually making it the most difficult often, you know, because yeah, like you said, is it really my kids that are difficult right now? And sometimes the answer is yes, but sometimes it's because I'm insisting on doing five things at once. And then I'm frustrated that I can't, you know, and it's like, I, oh, I can't answer an email and think about what's for dinner and get my kid a snack and put the baby to sleep all at once. Oh, well that's why I'm for, yeah, of course I can't, you know, and it's just, accepting that limitation, accepting that humanity, admitting to God, we need help admitting to our kids. We need help. Like all of the things that if we could just be okay with that in our spirit, I think when, you know, when we do come to terms with that, everything feels a little bit less crucial to our survival. Everything is, has a little bit less weight because we realize that, you know, I'm just human. I'm limited. I can't do this and that's okay. And like you said, I think a lot of us, me included, have lived a lot of years of our lives as both people and or as mothers that thought we were supposed to be able to do it all and be it all and handle it all, um, no problem. And part of that is probably the culture we live in and the messages that's just the air we are breathing in that Mm -hmm. you can have it all and you can do it all and you can be it all and the internet and, you know, connectivity and, oh, there's just this oh, there's this class. You can learn how to do that thing. Oh, now become an expert, open an Etsy shop. I mean, I, I did all the things I'm not, and not dogging on that. Like those are great. And I love that we live in that time. And I honestly wouldn't want to live in any other time because it'd be way harder. Yes. um, But there's other challenges that come with that availability of, and that accessibility of power and just I don't know what it is, but it's just, it's a lot. And I mean, we all know it's a lot and yet we're still trying to keep all the balls in the air. And Mm -hmm. when one drops, we're really frustrated. And it means some of us maybe go to despair and others go to anger. And I'm a mom that goes to anger. And so, you know, I don't despair. I'm like, do not get in my way, right? my way, get out. (laughs) And and that's both are wrong responses. Yeah. I used to be defined as the yelling mom. And, you know, (laughs) I mean, I literally was that mom, the yelling mom. And we 
had a dinner uh, table as a family. Everyone was there. So there's like 26 of us. We do this like every Sunday. And one of the kids, the older kid said, remember when mom, you know, got really angry that one time and she yelled, blah, blah, blah. And we were like, our eyes were like, oh my word, what is this Mm -hmm. person? And my younger kid said, wait, mom, mom was yelling. And I thought, wow, like, look right there. Like, look what God had done. Like my little kids didn't even know that was like who I used to be because God, you know, God had taken this thing through my motherhood. And it wasn't just because it was something I needed to fix as my motherhood. Like he, he transformed, he sanctified me. And I I do want to just say to the moms who are working or doing the extra things, maybe someone's taking care of their kids. The things I try to do in my mind, whether I have little ones or college or, you know, middle age or babies is think, okay, if I want to do this extra thing, like maybe, you know, have a side business or I have to have, or I have to work. I always think if in my mind I have this checklist, how did I, how did I love my kids well today? How did I meet their physical, their spiritual and their emotional needs today? And I've done it well and I've taken care of myself. Then it's okay to have other people fill in some of those gaps. Like it's okay. But I always like to do this mental checklist when I go to bed. Okay. Did I meet my kids emotionally today? And I think through things, okay, yeah, okay, we had a good talk about, you know, being responsible, picking mm-hmm. up our clothes, running a load of laundry. And did I, we had devotions in the morning, we covered some character. And then, you know, then I talk about, you know, their physical needs. And mm-hmm. so like, we went for a walk and, but it doesn't mean we have to spend 24 hours a day with our kids. And so I feel like some moms mm-hmm. do have the capacity to do multiple things, but yeah. to be careful not to forget that we still have responsibilities as a mom. And I think that's what a lot of this embracing comes down to is embracing what we know is our job. Like I take, I take my motherhood seriously now, like it it really is the job. And so I have to, I have to put in some time, like you can't get out of that. (laughs) So, right. um, And I think it's possible to grow into a space like that. But if my daughter who has a newborn said, listen, you know, I want to start, you know, exercising tomorrow. Can you come take the baby? I'd be like, no, I think you need to take some time, you know, with your baby. This is, this is the time. Give it a couple more weeks. Let your body heal. I wouldn't be afraid to say that to her. Mm-hmm. So I think as the generations speak to one another, as we started our conversation, I think it's important to just remember that we're all built differently. I have a high, high capacity level, Yes, but yes, like one so of my good. daughters doesn't, she's like, she gets up, she's like, yep, we just, you know, we colored today. We went for a walk. We built, saw mm-hmm. bird's nest. We took naps. I'm like, good for you. Like that mm-hmm. is so good. So yeah, that's such a great point that we yeah. have different capacities. Yeah. And, and it, one isn't wrong or right, better or worse. It's different. And God needs all of us. And he, He made the high capacity woman and she feels better handling a lot. And then he made the lower capacity woman who actually is doing such an amazing job of nurturing every one of her kids needs that, I mean, she is fulfilled in that and, and the kid, and maybe she actually has a kid who needs that and God gave that kid to her for that reason. And so I think it's, I mean, I'm not saying everything always lines up perfectly and everybody, you know, gets their easiest situation they could ever envision. But mm-hmm. yeah, I'm a, I'm one of those high capacity people too. And yeah, there's obviously dangers in that of, you know, saying yeah. yes to too much and taking on too much and then being angry when one of the things doesn't work out. But I, I totally love what you said in your book about motherhood is not just about suffering through. And it is not yeah. just like, yes, there is suffering, but the point of motherhood is not to suffer. <laughs> like yeah. That's that right. is, that is a misunderstanding. Yeah. 
And I think that's what that mom was saying in in the mops group. She's like, I I just hear like, people are just trying to get through this. Why would I do this again? You know? And I think that we lose the joy, you know, we lose the joy. God doesn't want us just to suffer through this. Like he really has joy in the moments and getting to those moments is stepping back. And, you know, I have four words that I use to discern any kind of decision or extra thing I take on in addition to my motherhood. And those are accountability like, does this choice follow God's word and maybe someone else that I trust that gave me wisdom on it? So I always like to have accountability in my decisions. Like I'll ask my husband, do you think this is wise? Do you think I should take this on? Maybe I won't be able to spend enough time with the kids. He's like, yeah, or yeah, sure. You know, like the other one is timing. Can I fit this into the picture of our life right now? It doesn't mean it's not a good thing overall. Just right now, is this a good time for me to do this extra thing? doesn't mean it's bad. It just may not be the right time. The other, the third word is vision. I always like to make choices that align with my vision and purpose for motherhood. Mm-hmm. So I started an Etsy shop because it aligns with um, the vision. It was good timing because my youngest is eight. I don't have little teeny one, teeny ones I'm taking, you know, responsible for feeding every meal, <laughs> Yeah, you know, things that I can make in time. And the last um, word that I kind of filter things through is focus. And I'm, am I remaining steadfast in keeping my top priorities and investments first and thought and action. So if I'm not able to do this other thing and do devotions with my kids, which is important to me, that's my focus, that's my investment, then I'm going to say no to it. Or I have to shift things around and make it work. So I think some Mm -hmm. of the hard stuff when it comes to having kids can be filtered through some of those words. Those four words for me are really helpful. Um, and then, then it helps you like, I'm so glad I didn't do that. Cause now I was able to go to the park and meet the other moms and yeah. I have joy in this. I'm not suffering through it. Right. Man, that's so good. Yeah. I just can't encourage everyone enough to get her book. If you're like me and you struggle to actually sit down and read a real book, then you can buy the Kindle version. I have it on my phone. So then when I'm kind of okay. that was strategic, so I could kind of have it with me everywhere because my phone is almost always with me. Yeah. And I'm really looking forward to diving in more and just gaining more wisdom from you because you have so much to share. So thank you so much for everything you've shared with us today. Thank you, Haley. Where can people connect with you and find you online? So I am, my website is septembermccarthy.com. And then my book is Why Motherhood Matters. And we have a podcast, a Mom to Mom podcast. That's a three-generation mom cap podcast. That's how passionate I am because I have someone who speaks into my life. And then, so it's three generations of women, so three cool. women. Yeah. And then we, I have my shop on Etsy, September and Co. shop. And the Co. is my family, really. <laughs> so yeah. it's just um, family and educational resources because I I have a passion for instilling character and teaching character. And so I've just created resources for families to use in their homes. So those are some of my passions. I've just, it's like a full circle, you know, I've made my life the circle and that's the yeah. circle. Yeah. That's so awesome. Thanks. Well, thank you so much. And I'm sure a lot of moms will benefit from those resources anytime, but especially perhaps now that there's a lot of women out there that are homeschooling that didn't plan to be. Yes. And yeah. I know that's your, that's your area of expertise. Yeah. Thank you. Okay, guys. Well, thank you so much for listening. Remember that on Wednesday, I will be releasing my second Firestarters episode. Those are my shorter 15 minute or so solo episodes that are just for my Patreon community. And so for the month of August, they are available to everyone. But starting in September, they'll become exclusive to those who are in the Kindled Patreon community. 
you can be in that community and join us by signing up at patreon.com slash kindled podcast. It's $10 a month. You can support this ministry and the work that I'm doing here. Of course, you will continue either way to get that my full regular episodes every Monday. But if you want those additional episodes and that exclusive content and to join me on Patreon, you can do that at patreon.com slash kindled podcast. I would love to see you in there. I'm really excited about this series. I think it's going to be so much fun and just provide a lot of wisdom and just a little more of a personal, intimate take on whatever's going on in the world, faith, discussions, you know, all the things that I always love to talk about. Kind of like an Instagram rant, but just on a podcast episode. Okay, that's it. We'll see you guys next week.